voice of the Congolese people in America. I'm your host, Patricia Lokwa. Thank you for joining me today on this beautiful Saturday here in Baltimore and around the world. Um, Kambali, our co-host, will not be joining us today, but we're still going to have a fun show today, and we're going to have a, an amazing guest, and we're going to make sure that uh, we get all the information that you need today uh, with our co-host. The subject of today is Emerging African Professionals, and it's going to be a conversation between me and Naomi Yane, a New York TV personality from New York, one TV station in New York City. So Naomi will be our special guest joining us from New York City, the Big Apple. But before we take uh, Naomi, I would like to get some news from our very own Maurice Carney, who's going to be sharing the news with us about what is happening in the Congo. Yes, I'm sure. Thank you, um, Patricia. Uh, just a few um, updates uh, for your listening audience. Uh, what is um, big on people's uh, minds uh, across the Congo, really, is uh, what's um, going to happen with um, Joseph Kabila, the president in 2016. Uh, so we saw um, in his latest efforts um, to maintain himself in power beyond 2016, um, he ordered um, the, the Senate um, to take um, two uh, extraordinary sessions um, to vote on uh, electoral law that would um, basically allow um, or facilitate local elections. Um, what was extraordinary um, or special about uh, the vote that had taken place this uh, week is that the Senate had gone into an extra, extraordinary session um, earlier in, um, in July, uh, but there wasn't a quorum to have a vote on a uh, law that would um, basically set up the uh, framework for local elections. And then um, uh, without a quorum on the first um, go-around, they um, call for a second extraordinary session, which many um, believe is an uh, un- unconstitutional uh, move uh, for the Senate to call for two extraordinary sessions. In any case, a law was passed in the, in the second um, extraordinary session uh, that would facilitate uh, the setting up um, of upcoming uh, of seats or the portioning of seats for local elections. And many um, analysts and observers see this as um, a part of um, Joseph Kabila's strategy to extend um, the electoral um, calendar, which would, um, in the final analysis, uh, move uh, the presidential elections beyond 2016. 
Um, so uh, that uh, was one of the major um, electoral news that came out of the Congo this week. Um, a second is um, we see Reporters Without Borders um, issuing a statement of concern about uh, the Kabila government clamping down on reporters in advance of the 2016 elections. And Reporters Without Borders called on uh, the Congolese government um, to respect um, the rights of the media uh, to expand political space um, so that um, the diverse media that we see in the Congo uh, can speak freely um, well in advance of um, the upcoming 2016 elections. Um, also of note, um, along the maintaining uh, the uh, focus on the electoral realm, uh, we have the former Prime Minister, uh, Adolfo Muzito, um, who was um, uh, sanctioned by his party, um, Palu, uh, for, um, and actually prohibited for speaking uh, for another three years. Uh, many people believe this was an attempt uh, on the part of uh, the presidential majority of Kabila's government um, to uh, put a roadblock in front of any uh, potential candidate uh, that may run for the presidency in 2016, and Mozito uh, was seen as uh, is seen as a potential challenger um, or candidate in 2016. Um, among the youth, uh, I know um, Kambali has been reporting um, in the previous shows about the Congolese youth who have been arrested. Uh, the intelligence agency of the Congolese government had kidnapped uh, a young Congolese, uh, Bienvenue Matumo, earlier. Uh, in the uh, in the week, and um, due to pressure, uh, they finally had to had to release him. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, longtime um, uh, activist uh, Fred uh, Bauma of uh, uh, Lucha and uh, Eve uh, Makobala of uh, Filimbi are still um, under arrest. Uh, they were arrested in the, in the march. Um, after, um, around the middle of March, and they remain um, under arrest uh, to, to this day. So people are still um, lobbying for, for their release. Um, so these are um, some of the uh, key uh, news updates uh, coming from the, uh, from the, from the DRC uh, over the past week. And that was the news with Maurice Carney. And thank you so much, Maurice, for giving us an update on the news. You did a, a fantastic job. We always look forward to hearing from you. All right. Thank you. And to continue our show, um, we recent, I recently read a Forbes magazine article about 20 young power women in Africa, and it was so inspiring for me. I felt like we should talk more about people, including men and women, who are doing positive things to uplift African spirits wherever they are found in the process of change, changing the image of Africa for the better. Today about uh, women, African sisters eager to build industries and just ambitious enough to rewrite history. The change the image and the perception of African continent, wherever they are, we encourage you to continue on that uphill battle. Uh, some of the names that stand out for me are Mimi Alimayewu, Ethiopian Executive Vice President of Overseas Private Investment Corporation, in short, OPIC, Vera Songwe, a Cameroonian Country Director, World Bank, Senegal, Tara Fila Dorotei, Nigerian entrepreneur and co-founder, um, House of uh, Tyra, Nigerian leading beauty and cosmetics company, 
and Monica Mosonda, a Zambian chief executive officer and founder of Java Foods, and one of my favorites, Lupita Nyo, Nyongo. I'm sorry, I'm not really. Um, I'm getting used to her name. Kenyan actress and filmmaker, and the last is Amina. Kajunju, a Democratic Republic of Congo president and CEO of Afri- um, Africa American Institute. These are some of the names of young power African women and the game changers, some of the continent's emerging power brokers. And today we're honored to have one of one of our own, which is um, an African woman who's based in New York City. I'm proud to introduce her. Her name is Naomi Yane, an emerging African professional who's coming out of New York City. And to give you a little bit of bio of Naomi, who's going to be our guest for today, Miss Naomi Yan- Yanni joined New York One Television as a traffic reporter in July of 2010. She previously worked as a traffic producer with the Metro Networks Sh- Shadow Traffic at WCBS-TV. Prior to that, she interned as a reporter and a writer at the United Nations English Language Radio Unit. Yanni is a New York native with roots in the Democratic Republic of Congo. She speaks four languages and is a member of the National Association of Black Journalists and a Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Inc. A traffic reporter for New York One TV in New York City, the only city where dreams are made of. And as it's been said and sung by, well, I'll talk to Naomi a little bit later. Let's have a song by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys talking to us about the music Uh, talking to us about dreams coming true. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn, now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Nero, but I'll be hood forever, I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere, yeah, they love me everywhere, I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway, pulled me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street, catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry, cruising down A Street, off-white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas, me, I'm out there Bed-Stuy, home of that boy. Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me Say what up to Tata, still sipping my ties Sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high five I be spiked out, I could trip a referee Tell by my attitude that I'm most definitely from Famous in the Yankee can You should know I bleed blue But I ain't a crypto But I got a gang of Walking with my click though Welcome to the melting pot Corners where we selling Africa been by the Home of the hip hop Yellow cap, gypsy cap Dollar cap, holla back But foreigners it ain't fair They act like they forgot how to act Eight million stories Out there in the naked City is a pity Half of y'all won't make it Me, I got a plug Special when I got it made If Jesus paying LeBron I'm paying Dwayne Wade Three dice, Zelo Three card, Marley Labor Day parade Rest in peace, Bob Marley Statue of Liberty Long live the world trade Long live the king, yo I'm from the Empire State That's
Nights is blinding, curves need blinders So they could step out of bounds quick The sidelines is lined with casualties Who sip the life casually and gradually become worse Don't fight the apple eve, caught up in the in crowd Now you're in style and in the winter gets cold In vogue with your skin out City of sin, it's a pity on a whim Good girls going bad, the city's filled with them Mommy took a bus trip, now she got a bust out Everybody ride her, just like a bus route Hell Mary to the city, you're a virgin And Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church in Came in for school, graduated to the highlight Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight Empty in May, got you feeling like a champion The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient Welcome back to Congo Live. This is your host, Patricia Lokwa, joining you from Baltimore, Maryland. And thank you for listening in today. You were just listening to Jay-Z and Alicia Keys singing an appropriate song, uh, talking about making it in New York, which uh, works well with our guest who's going to be joining us today because she shares a story of somebody who made it in New York in the concrete jungles where dreams are made of. Um, to talk a little bit more um, about Naomi Yanni, she's a amazing woman coming from the Congo and uh, I shared a little bit about what some of the things that she accomplished when she was in New York being a traffic reporter for New York One TV in New York City and uh, I want to welcome Naomi on the show. Naomi Yane, how are you doing today and thank you for wel- for joining us here on Congo Live. Hi Patricia, thank you so much for having me and your warm welcome. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. Um, always great to speak to another uh, awesome Congolese woman doing great things. Well, thank you so much. Uh, as we were listening to the song, we were talking, they were talking about making it in New York. Um, do you feel that that was the experience for you in New York and where you are today? Absolutely. Um, especially in broadcasting, it's one of those fields um, that, that are hard to, to break into, hard, hard to get into. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's possible to get in with your knowledge and your know-how, but it's also great to know people that can plug you in. I didn't have people to plug me in, so I had to get in on my knowledge and my know-how and just hard work. And especially um, in New York City, where this is market one when it comes to news, if you can make it in New York, you can pretty much make it anywhere. And once you've made it in New York, it's such, it's such a feeling of accomplishment. Absolutely. And I'm sure many people feel the same way. And I noticed that you did a lot of internships related to your line of work. And how did you transition from the internship to your career job? 
Well, no, I don't believe any of my internships actually played out into actual work. Uh, for some people, it does work out that way. Unfortunately for me, it didn't work out that way, and I had to continue to press through. But internships, um, really just a great way, if you don't get a job out of it, it's a great way to network. It's a great way to, you know, to, to build your network and to know people in the field because one day, you know, those same people that you either interned for or you interned with might be in a position to help you advance and vice versa. So even if the internship for me didn't work out and didn't lead to a job, it's still, it was still a great way to, to make contact in the business. So let's take it back a little bit, you know, to Zabana Congo, we're on a radio uh -huh. show. So what are some of the people in your life that influenced you to want to do journalism? Or if you can share a story with us of an experience where as you were growing up, you said, you know what, I want to do this. And I think this was made for me. If you can, you know, share with us what, what was that person in your life or that experience in your life that led you to get to that point? Well, I have a story. Oh, I'm so, ready for it. I was... <laughs> So I was a freshman. I was a freshman in college. Um, well, let's go farther back. Okay. Um, I actually found a letter that I'd written to. I don't remember what it was. You know, back in the day, you'd get you know these these um, like contests where you write in and you get you you win something yeah, or you talk, yeah, talk, yeah. tell us about your, your yourself and so on. So I found this letter. I'd forgotten to mail it, and then I opened it. Found this letter that said, um, uh, "My name is Naomi. I'm 10 or 13 or something like that, and I want to be a pediatric surgeon." Mm -hmm. And I, I forgot to mail this letter out, something, I don't know what happened, but I forgot. And um, so I find this letter, and I'm thinking back, I'm like, oh, man, this is what I wanted to do. So now fast forward to my freshman year in college, I'm thinking, okay, I, I want to do pre-med and so on. First, I wanted to be a, a music major. My mom was like, absolutely not. And <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to be a doctor. That's what I said I wanted to be growing up. And, you know, every African person wants their kid to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, those yeah, things. Yeah, we know those. And absolutely. And then, um, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a doctor. I started taking, I started taking, you know, the science classes, the math classes. Wasn't my strongest, uh, my, my strongest um, subjects. Um, and I struggled. And then one day I had to have my blood drawn. I sat in the chair. They started to draw my blood. I looked down and I passed out oh. at the side of my own blood. From that day forward, I said, this is not for me. So then it became, okay, well, what do I want to, you know, what do I want to do if medicine isn't thing for me? Started to, I talked with my mom and my dad, who lives in the Congo, works for a TV program in Congo called Banaleo right now. Mm -hmm. um, he's uh, been in media all his life. He was a, uh, a, a, a photographer, a videographer for Mobutu back in the day. And my mom was like, well, how about journalism? like your dad. Mm. I was like, huh, okay. So I thought about it. I said, well, I guess it kind of makes sense. Journalists are people that are usually talking and I'm pretty talky, uh, but I'm a chatty girl. And I said, well, let me give this a try and see where, where it will go. And so I think by then I was maybe already um, a junior maybe in, in college at Buffalo State. And I started taking, uh, you know, communications 101 and journalism classes and broadcasting classes. And then uh, by, by, by 2004, when I finished, I finished in a, with a degree in communications and my concentration was television broadcasting. 
And that's where, wow. that's where we are now. <laughs> that's a very interesting story. I'm sure there's a lot of people that can share that same experience, whereas you're right. growing up, your parents have an idea of what you should do, and then you find it right. on your own. But um, as you're speaking of going through the college you know, process, there's a lot of people out there listening who may want to do what you're doing, um, given that you do journalism and so forth. What are some of the challenges that you face? Because I, I mean, there had to have been times where you're like, you know what, maybe this is not for me. People sometimes experience those things. And through those challenges, what are some things that you told yourself to get you through them? The thing about journalism and anything media related, um, and I've heard, I, I remember hearing somebody say this to me, that communications is one of the easiest majors in college. And I said, I, one, I didn't, I didn't care for how that came out. And then I thought about it and I said, well, you know what? It's also one of the hardest fields to find work in once you're done, done with school. Um, the thing is, a lot of, not a lot, but some of my coworkers do also don't have degrees in journalism. So it's possible, it's still possible to do it. It's still possible to get done. It's got to be something that you want to do. Um, you can't let, you have to have a thick skin to be in media, any, any form of media, really, because you're opening yourself up to scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a thick skin. If, you know, because everyone at home is watching, they think they can do the job better than you can. It's kind of like being the president where I'm sitting at home and I'm saying, well, he's doing this wrong and he's doing this wrong. And if I were president, I would do this. And sometimes it's, it's just not that easy. You know, it's easier said than done. Absolutely. So it's one of these... These, these fields where, you know, you have to have a thick skin and that's what's going to keep you, that's what's going to keep you going. I've always, pretty much, I've always had a thick skin. I've, I, I feel like I've actually gotten softer as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. I've, I've softened up compared to, um, compared to what I was back then. And that's really when I needed it. So it worked out for me. That's really when I needed that thick skin was when, you know, you're sending out resumes and you're getting no and you're sending out your resume tape and people are telling you thanks, but no thanks. So this, it's just, um, you have to have a thick skin to, to push yourself and to continue to push yourself. Now, with, uh, with regards to school, it's great if you go to school and study journalism, study broadcasting, you know, be a communications major, because it gives you that base that you need, that foundation for old school journalism, especially if you want to do old school journalism. Um, I know everybody's now, you know, has 15 minutes and everybody wants to get famous, you know, from, from like Instagram and just posting things and so on. And not everybody is that kind of journalist. If you're, if you're serious about journalism and doing it the old school way or doing it the old fashioned way, and not, not to say that the new ways aren't great, I feel like it's always great to have that foundation because it can, it can take you anywhere. It, it, it'll, you know, it'll, that, will always, that will always be there, and you need a solid foundation to stand on. So as I hear you talking, uh, I've heard you say old school journalism. Um, mm-hmm. What is the difference? How do you know? How does somebody who doesn't know journalism know the difference between what's happening nowadays when you're looking at media and you're looking at YouTube videos? Everybody out there wants to do something on media right. versus old school. How, what, how would somebody be, be able to tell the difference? You know, I feel like I, I, I took a summer intensive two weeks ago and I asked a professor that same thing. Um, and I don't know, I really didn't get a real answer. Um, the way I view it, old school journalism versus new school journalism, it's just that old school way of reporting. It's not all sensational. You know, mm-hmm. it's that old school way where it's like, all right, I went to school for journalism and I'm going to work at a TV station. I'm going to start at the bottom and then I'm going to work my way up until, you know, I get to wherever point I want to be. 
kind of like Oprah, where, you know, she worked at a local television station for a while before she became Oprah. She didn't become Oprah Winfrey overnight. She didn't become Oprah Winfrey after, you know, posting, uh, you know, Instagram pictures or anything like that, or, you know, YouTube and things like that. And those are all great outlets for getting, for getting your, your, to, for branding yourself and getting yourself out there. But that, they didn't have that back in the day. They didn't have those things. So, you know, you, uh, you had to, to have something in your head. You had to be smart. You have to know what you're doing. You know, it's great the way things are done now where I feel like it's easier to get into these fields because can, anybody can be a, a journalist now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just for those who went to school or for those elite few and so on. So it's really something now that anybody can do the way I look at it, um, you know, and through any outlet. Maybe you don't work at a television station, but you've got a YouTube station, you know, and you're putting out the content that you want to put out, the stuff that you want to share with people. And that's also a great way to, 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 be, to be out there. But that old school way isn't really the same as that. So that's what I call old school versus the new school. There are just so many new ways, new great ways, I should say, new great ways, new great technology that's out now, um, you know, to disseminate information. So that's why I, I call it old school versus the new school. Well, thank you for that uh, clear elaboration of how to tell the difference. Um, I, I heard you say a few things about going through school, and sometimes people consider journalism to be easy, but when you go into the work field, their competition is very fierce. Mm-hmm. As we were listening to Alicia Keys talking about making it in New York, what was your moment where you felt like, you know what? I've made it, you know, what was that call that you got where you were just like, man, all my hard work has been worth it. I want to hear that story. I don't think I've gotten there yet. (laughs) Oh, oh, so you're still on the uphill. I'm still, I consider myself still, and and people will say, oh man, you know, you've, you've made it. I haven't gotten there yet. I feel like I'm still in this, you know, it's like being on an elevator, mm-hmm. I pressed the button, the door opened, and I got in on the ground floor, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for the door to close and to go up the elevator. I mean, I, to be way, on tra- a traffic <laughs> reporter for New York One, that's a big thing, you know, that's a blessing in itself. But what, what would know, you I say? I try to remind myself that every day. <laughs> and what, okay, what, would, what are you aiming for? What are your aims? What is your ultimate goal for you to feel like, you know what, I've made it? Like an Oprah situation? What, what is your Oprah. ideal dream? <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't want to be over it? I know I want to be Oprah. Absolutely. Everybody <laughs> wants to you know the deal. Everybody wants to be Oprah in this field. Um but you know the, I I do try to remind myself just to 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 foster an attitude of being grateful. I try to remind myself of that every day that there are plenty of people in in not just in New York City but anywhere that would love to have my position. You know, it's a foot in the door. It's a, you know, you feel like you've made it. And I try to remind myself that every day when I feel like, oh, man, you know, I'm not doing enough or I could be doing more. What else is there for me to do? What's my next move? I have to remind myself that, wait a minute. And I've been doing this now for five years. We just celebrated five years, my coworkers mm-hmm. and I, um, in the traffic um, department. And Congratulations. To, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So we have to, we, you know, we, and I said this, and I said this to my coworker, and I said, we have to, you know, sometimes congratulate ourselves, congratulate each, each other, and understand that, you know, there are so many people lined up for, for these jobs. There are so many people lined up waiting for you, um, I don't want to say for you to mess up, but waiting for you to clear the position so that they can take it on. And, you know, we don't, sh- we don't show enough gratitude often enough. So we want to do, you know, we want to do that a little bit more and just kind of make that a habit. 
mm-hmm. where you wake up and you say, oh, man, you know, thank God. Thank God one for a job. That's one. Thank God for a job in my field that I went to school for. Like, not mm-hmm. everybody can say that. Yeah. Not everybody can say that. So I guess when, when I got the call at New York One, I felt like I'd made it for a little Especially, I mean, once people start recognizing you, I take the train mm-hmm. and people recognize me. And near, most New Yorkers are, are, are pretty low-key and cool. And they see, you know, famous people bigger than me on a very regular basis. And they're always so cool about it. And they're just mm-hmm. like, hey, man, you know. That sort of thing. So people will recognize me, and some some will approach. Others will just kind of play it real New York cool. And you know, I know you from somewhere, but I'm not sure. But so I'm not going to say. But um, I guess maybe that if I had to choose a moment that where I where I felt that I'd made it, I guess that would be it. When someone recognizes you and they say, "Hey, aren't you such and such that does X, Y, and Z?" And I'm kind of like, "Yeah, hi." It, it was weird at first. Because I, I don't. It was. I guess it's just weird in general. I don't even know. You know, well, who would would be able to take that well. Uh, well, I want to congratulate you from one Congolese sister to another. It's always good to hear of what people in the diaspora are doing for themselves to encourage those that are coming behind us and after us, so that they can Absolutely. look up to us and say, you know what? If Naomi could do it, I can do it. If Patricia can do it, I can do it. And it's always important to have those humble beginnings because uh, there's a lot going on within the Congo and we are people that they look up to and it's continued to keep on that path. And um, I want to take a short musical break and we'll discuss a little bit more about the essential ways to uh, build networks. And the song that we're going to be listening to is called Bon Malheur by Franco Luambo Macchiadi. C'est vrai, hein? Ouais. 
Just listening to Franco Luambu Machiadi singing Bo Malheur. In the song, he says, Mosala Tokosalaka Elukinde Bukumisi. Basically, meaning we work, the work that we do, we need a support system, which makes me think of uh, you, Naomi, and the work that you do in New York. I'm sure that you need a support system while you're in New York. And who are some of these people that support you? throughout the process and uh, just to make it in New York, you know, because it, it can be lonely in such a big place, but at the same time, it can be exciting if you have the right people around you. Absolutely. Um, of course, my family, luckily enough, um, my family, pretty much those of us who, you know, came to the States, uh, settled in New York. Um, so a lot of my relatives do live here. So my family is such a huge support system for me. Uh, my mom, who does not live in New York anymore, she now lives abroad in Cairo, uh, huge support system. My aunt, Ma Christine, who is, you know, one of my biggest fans, another, you know, that's my second mom. Uh, you know how we do it. It for real takes a village. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these aunts and, and people, we say aunts, those are all your moms. Those are really, you know, your moms. These are the women that hold you up. These are the women that raise you. These are the women who, who you know, scold you when you've done, when you, when you've done something you shouldn't have done and so on. Um, so really just my family, all my, my, my sisters, my cousins, these are the people that have my back. These are the people who support me. These are people who I look towards. All my, my, my girlfriends, they say that, you know, your friends are the family that you make for yourselves, and that's extremely true. You know, and my girlfriends, they come in all colors. They come in all shapes. They come from all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they come from different nationalities also. And these are, you know, these are the girls that, you know, my day ones, like we call them now, those are my day ones that support me no matter what, that, you know, I, I, they, they check me and I check them and, you know, we have that rapport and we can talk to each other that way and say, man, that's a good idea or, ooh, that's not such a good idea. But you need that, you know, you need good positive people in your life and they always say to surround yourself with um, positive people and people that uplift you and I've, I'm very fortunate to have that. I hear too many stories of people saying that, you know, they've got relatives that aren't supportive, that tell them that their dreams are nonsense and so on. And I'm just like, where are these people from or what's going on here? Because I don't know that story. That's mm-hmm. not my story. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I've got a different story where I've got people in my life who want to see me succeed and I want to see them succeed in return and the genu- gen- genuinely uplift and they're proud of you. And that's something my mom and I now... Um, make a point of saying to each other, not just I love you, but I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom um, is, um, is an ambassador in, the, in, in uh, Cairo for the Congo, and that's a male-dominated field. So for her making it, she, and she's someone who also started from the bottom and worked her way up. So for her making it, I look at that, and that's my example to continue to strive and to continue to work hard. So I, in turn, also tell her that I'm proud of you, and she tells me that she's proud of me. And so just that, just that, that system of uplifting each other and, and looking out for each other and calling each other out, and you, know, you, you need that. You need that in your life. It keeps you, it keeps you grounded. It keeps you leveled. Um, 
you know, and humble. Absolutely. It keeps you absolutely humble. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, calling each other, we want to remind our listeners who are listening and who have questions for the beautiful Naomi Yanni. Our number is 410-481-1010. And for those who did not have a pen, as I was giving the number, the number is 410-481-1010. And, uh, you were just talking about your mother and her working from the the, her, the ground up, as you know, we all are trying to do right now. What what are ways that you've kept Congo alive? You know, what are some songs that you listen to, or what are things oh that help God. you keep Congo I like, alive? I like old school. I like old school coffee because it reminds me of a simpler time uh, back when I was when I I was born here. But um, because of my mom's work, you know, we were back and forth sometimes. And there was about a year and a half um, from when I was maybe six to almost eight where I lived in Congo. I went to school at uh, Mawete. Shout out mm. to Mawete. <laughs> um, and um, so the songs that came out during that era um, I, I are always on my Spotify. Those are the things, you know, when I'm getting ready in the mornings, that's what I'm listening to. You know, those old old school ones, those um, the newer songs, I don't really know that well, um, but those old school ones, those are the ones that, 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 that move me. Those are the ones that move me. Those are the ones I'm list- that, that I listen to. You know, the old, like... I know you're talking about, like, Des Espoirs, the whatever, I don't even want to sing. Um, I don't know <laughs> the, the name of this. I remember the album, uh, Kofi's album, Loire, was a big one. Oh, that was an um, amazing CD right I there. I think uh, the one that they did in New York, I want to say it was called Maji, but I can't remember. That was strong. Vidus was strong. Like, that old school Kofi. Like, <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I like. Even the, the older stuff from, like, the 80s. Um, I can't remember a, a name right now off the top of my head. But, you know, those are the things I listen to. And then, of course... Chalamwana. For some reason, my cousin Yanisha thinks I look like Chalamwana, but I've never seen this. But you, you know, know now that you say that, I think you actually do. When you think of, no. uh, <laughs> you, you de- now we got to see if you can really? dance and sing like her. But you definitely, I can see where she sees that. Yeah, can, I, I don't, I don't see it. But he's been telling me this for a long time, and I'm like, I don't see it. But hey, I love her, so I'll accept it. Um, um, Bilabel is, is 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 heavy on my on my iPod on my playlist. She's heavy on there. Um, who else? Uh, old school, old school Wenge is big. Old school oh, Wenge, Wenge is Musica? big for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That old school Wenge is big. And that's back, back when I was there, you know, um, who was popular? Um, Deus was popular. Jolie did that. Like these people, they were popular. Um, they used to sing with, I can't remember, they used to call him maybe Grandpère or something. I can't remember his name. <laughs> There's a lot but of Grandpère and Grandpères. Exactly. <laughs> So off the top of my head, I can't remember his name right now. It'll come to me at some point today. But he used to, you know, they used to sing with those groups. And, you know, those were the songs that were big. And it also it reminds me of times when, you know, people have come and gone in our lives and such. So some of these songs just bring me back to a happier, a happier time when, you know, our loved ones that are now no longer on this earth were alive and, you know, and, um, and, and kicking. And it was, a, it was a good time. And everyone, back in New York, I'm talking about New York City. Mm-hmm. Back in New York in the 80s and early 90s, there was a very big Congolese population here. And a lot of people knew each other. Um, a lot of them, a lot of us, you know, that are in my age group all grew up together. We all hung out. And our older siblings all hung out. So, you know, and then our parents all hung out. So they would have parties. There would be parties almost every weekend at somebody's house, you know. And so all these songs, we knew, like, all the songs, and we would do the dances. And it was always such a good time. So that's why I like those songs, because they remind me 
of of that time, that simpler time, you know, when people when it was just innocent and people were having a good time. So I hear you saying like, uh, you know, as you were growing up, you had a Congolese community around you. You had the children, yeah. you had the parents. Do you think that was an effort that your parents made to make sure that they were connecting with other people who were in the community to make sure that you grew up and you knew who you were and you knew who was around you? So, you know, a lot of the things that somebody who may not be Congolese would be like, what Congolese Right. Do, you I know, just but, said that to my friend this morning. <laughs> and when you're hanging out with people who understand your culture, it's like, Kwanga, pili pili, let's just eat. You know, right. you don't even Nama question kabu. it. Yes. <laughs> so do you think your parents intentionally did those things to make sure that you understood what your heritage was and you understood who you were? I don't know that it was intentional, mm -hmm. maybe partially. Okay. Um, I just think that's the way it, it ended up. A lot of us uh, came from diplomatic families, so our parents already worked together. And then, you know, it's just by nature when you have kids of the same age, you know, you'll link them up and then they'll start playing and hanging out. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or not, mm -hmm. but I'm sure, you know, there you, is, I'm sure there's a little bit of intention. Are you still you know, friends there. with some of these people till today? All of them. Every single wow, one of them. Wow. Every single one of them I'm still friends with. We've known each other since day one, so we're officially cousins now, all of us. <laughs> so do you guys plan on going back to Congo together? Have you done some of those that's things? The, that's the plan for next year. Some of us have started talking um, because we're also all, tra uh, you know, world travelers. We like to go visit places and mm -hmm. visit outside of New York. And um, and I said, to, I said to my one girlfriend, I'm like, you know, we're all traveling and we're always you know posting pictures in other people's countries i'm like where are we going to our country like we need to, that that's our next trip so you know i've got i mean i mean even some of my haitian uh friends are like yeah let me know when you're going and let me know i'm coming i'm coming i want to go to congo i'm like not a problem so we're working on that hopefully for next year that'll be um that'll be something we do and then include you know with that we'll you know get to maybe some orphanages and do a little community service because we all also do community service um here in the states with different organizations for you know whatever touches your heart that's what you do mm -hmm. so we're hoping to do a little bit of that while we're out there but that's the that's that's in the works i haven't been last time i went was 2008 unfortunately mm -hmm. i was there for my grandfather's funeral but um you know so i didn't really get a chance to uh, really socialize too much uh, outside of you know, the funeral setting and really get to see a little bit of nightlife. You know, the best I we were able to do is maybe uh, I was taken out to a Chinese food restaurant. Um, you went to Congo yeah. and you went to go eat at a Chinese food restaurant? Can you imagine? Man. I didn't even, I didn't even know it was a thing over there because, you know, you get, the, you get the everyday food at home. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's this big deal. Um, you know, they have Chinese food restaurants over there. I was like, okay, because last time I was there, I didn't, this wasn't a thing. So it was, that was pretty cool. Um, I know you can find a hamburger um, for ten dollars in Congo. Over here, you get it at you know, McDonald's. It's expensive, you know, because you know out. when we eat Congolese food here, you know, it's expensive if you go and Absolutely. you want to get those mamas that cook it. Whereas in Congo, Absolutely. that's so common. So when you're getting American food, it's like fries mm -hmm. is like six dollars for a little. But I'm like, that's how much crazy. was the potato? You know, like, right? <laughs> you're charging us <laughs> something, them. <laughs> something you can grow in the backyard. That's Absolutely. something else. Yeah, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm listening to you talking about traveling. It's interesting because the past shows that we've done, um, there's been a common theme. You know, we always ask people, how have you kept Congo alive? You know, what do you, when are you going back? And 
everybody is saying they want to go back next year. I think we should do, you know how they do those cruise ships where they just get people right. and they get a package? Let's get a whole plane just full of us Congolese people. Let's go I to Congo. There. And once we get there, have some fun and let us all do community service, you know, to give back am, to our people. I think that would be great. I think that, I think that would be great. You know, for me, I always say, community service, giving, anything like that, it starts at home, you know. So whether it's we're here living, you know, we're here living in the States or, you know, abroad, like in Europe and things like that, you know, community service should start in the home, which means if, you know, your sister, your cousin, your brother, whoever needs you, that's where you give help first, you know. I so, think you know, uh, we just want to extend it a little bit. Let's let's link up after this and let's talk about yes. planning a trip for all our listeners out there who are Congolese and we, let's create a Facebook page and say you know Congo I think travelers. That would be amazing. I think that would be amazing if all of us just turned up down there. It's got to be you know not during rainy season though. Can't be during <laughs> <laughs> rainy season. That's the one to complain. It's no here. joke. <laughs> so something you know when it's nice and hot out. But I think that would be absolutely amazing. It would be such a great trip and. You know, I, it would really be un, unforgettable, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who would sign up to come, especially, you know, some people left when they were very small. And they're um, scared I to would, go back because they don't and, know anybody, you know? That's, that's exactly. There are, you know, there, there's that also, and then there are those of us who, you know, were there for a little bit, and then we come and go, come and go, but really haven't been back in a very long time. You know, so I think I, that would be a, an amazing trip. Absolutely. Well, to continue our show, let's take a short break and let's listen to Bozi Boziana in Bethlehem. That's the name I was thinking. <laughs> Singing about timing in life, working hard for the future of our children. <laughs> and that's a guarantee for a better future as we think about that trip to Congo next year.
Welcome back to Congo Live. We wanted to remind our listeners who want to call in, our number is 410-481-1010. We actually have a caller who's calling by the name of Gori, who's on the phone. Gori, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Patricia? I'm doing wonderful. And how can we help you today here on Congo Live? <laughs> hey, uh, I'm calling out of Charlotte, North Carolina. First of all, I just wanted to say what a great show this is. Thank you. Hey, Thank hi you. to you, Patricia. Hi to uh, Kambale. I'm not sure on the phone. Oh, Kambale, and, uh, he's actually traveling overseas. He's in India. But today it's just me and it's Naomi on the phone. We're just chatting that up. And uh, you have any questions for us today? And, and hi, Naomi. Hi. Um, I hope you're doing well. Unfortunately, I Thank didn't you. really Thank have you. the opportunity to catch the show today. I tried, but I had bad connection. And uh, I don't know if the question that I ask has been already discussed throughout the show. Okay. Uh, I'm a proud member of Kappa Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, by the way. Um, and I'm, I'm very active your, your, here. Your, your organization again? Uh, Kappa Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Ah, mm, awesome. Hey, noob. <laughs> hey, Thor. Yes. And I just, wanted, I just wanted to know, in, um, I'm also very active down here in Charlotte, North Carolina, in organizing and uh, just uh, for the cause of Congo. In uh, in your community, uh, what are some of the challenges you face um, in uh, as you you work uh, to promote the cause of the Congolese people? What are some of the challenges you face, and uh, how have you been able to uh, tackle some of the challenges? And this question is for Naomi. Naomi. Okay, Naomi, go for it. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your question, and thank you for calling in. You know, um, my my biggest thing is to is to bring awareness. So, however, however I can, um, if someone, let's say, has a better hand in in um, organizing events than I do, what I'll try and always do is to support and advertise um, that that um, event, that organization, that fundraiser, so on. Um, so, challenge. Um, I don't know that it's challenging. I mean, it's always challenging anytime you want to get folks involved in something that you believe passionately in. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't feel that the challenge is any greater um, when it's Congolese causes. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that I wouldn't say that there are that there are challenges. Um, just the you know you just have to you have to press a little bit harder. You have to press a little bit harder. That's all. But yeah, I don't I don't I wouldn't say that I I find that there are challenges. Okay, press press a little harder. I press this, I like press, that press a little bit harder. <laughs> I, I, I like that advice because uh, me me personally, I I mean I do am facing a lot of challenges, but uh, I'm I'm there and I'm still there because I know that the cause that I promote uh, is worth my time and it's Absolutely. worth my voice. And um, once I'm, again, and the reporter the reporter and me is going to come out now. What kinds of um, challenges are you facing? What types of uh, events and things are you trying to to put out to the community and you're not getting response back, if you don't mind my asking? And I guess one, one, one challenge that I, will, that I will voice will be, I think we talked about this, is organizing, being, being able to, to, to organize. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that probably this just has to do with the grind or the work that you have to put in because once you start talking about something, people are not just going to start biting at it mm-hmm. at first. So right. it will take you time to to set your feet, to grow with that. But it's uh and I've organized a few events as Congo Congo Week. Mm-hmm. I've been able to organize Congo Week already three times here in Charlotte. Have you tried to get before. have you tried to get Cap Alpha Psi behind you in organizing? Actually, this is my this is my goal this year. Okay. I have to get my fraternity and uh, my fraternity involved. And when I, I saw think the, that's a great way. Website, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I saw the website there, we have a sister who's a proud member of Delta, uh, Delta Sigma Theta. I was like, mm-hmm. well, it's it's about time for me also to involve my fraternity for the call. Absolutely. And, uh, well, yeah. thank you very much for calling in, Gori. Um, you're always welcome. We're here every Saturday at 2 to 3, and we welcome you on Congo Live to ask any questions and get to know more about our guests. And uh, you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, Naomi, Yanni, as we were finishing the show, we have a few more minutes. I want to ask you, um, what is a way where you want to be remembered? What's in a legacy you want to leave behind as we're talking about organizing and being involved in the community and doing things that have never been done before? What is the legacy you want to leave behind in the last 30 seconds that we have? You know what? I'm still working on my legacy, so I don't know what I want to leave behind just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but for right now, if, if to answer that question for right now in this moment, um, you know, just someone, that, just for people to know that I was hardworking, and I hope to pass that along to, you know, my, 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 my siblings that are behind me and to, you know, all the young people out there that are coming up behind me is to be hardworking and that I was a hardworking person, um, dedicated and loyal. Um, mm-hmm. So for right now, that is what I would want my, my legacy to be. Well, thank Ask you. Ask me that in like 20 years. <laughs> oh, trust me. Congo Life will be around that long. We'll be asking you the question. <laughs> it will absolutely be. I wish you nothing but the best. Much success and so proud thank of you. you. So thank you so you. much. And thank you for being on the show and blessing us with your presence. And we want to remind our listeners to join us next Saturday from 2 to 3 here in the USA in Baltimore as we give you the authentic voice of the Congolese people. And thank you to Lobangi Munyanya for being such a great producer and giving us always great material. And Daniel Allen for handling our Congo Live Facebook page. Continue the hard work you're doing. And for those who want to follow us, go on our Facebook page. 
Congo Live and also go on our regular page, congolive.org, to get more information and listen to past shows. You have a great weekend, everybody. Mm-hmm.